Yeah, baby. I think There's it the audio. Let's go. So Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Techno Kings podcast. <laughs> um, I have to say, we're really good at this. Yeah. Only two, really, really 200 more episodes. We are, we are short a Jimmy and a Nick today. So, hence the uh, technical difficulties. But like I said, it's not a classic one without it. What's up, guys? Hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the chat. Tom, Thank Nam you just for had enjoying the, the, uh, the crotch shot. So, for those of you that aren't <laughs> watching live or aren't watching the YouTube, Eric got up to fix our audio Put his crotch directly into the camera. You're welcome. Uh, had no idea. Was called out. Followed by Stephen, who thought, "What a wonderful idea! I'd love uh, to explore the this same." Room is very cold, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the pool. <laughs> Got up and did the same, and uh, now here we are. Um, yeah. So Nick, we miss you. I gave a whole rant about it when I thought the audio was working, but uh, Nick is out in Las Vegas. That was a good rant. That was a good riff. Can't, just, can't uh, recreate it, but we'll tell you what, Nick. We miss bag. you. Um, hope you're enjoying the uh, the tables. Hope the craps tables are kind. I hope they are kind, too. I know there's a whole group there. Hell of a business trip. Yeah, hell of a business trip. <laughs> I've, I've been to that event. It's called... Affiliate Summit. Affiliate, affiliate Summit. Summit. I've been there. Yeah. Several years. I don't even do affiliate. I just like to party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty wild. The last time I went, these guys were still like... You know, doing the bottles. Popping bottles in the club. Yeah. 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 Taking out tables at, I don't even remember the names of these clubs. It's like the most most Eisley of, uh, wait, you guys aren't Star Wars fans, huh? Never mind. Yeah, sorry. Just going to drop that reference. Most Eisley. But you've done it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Is that where Jabba lives? Jabba the Hutt? There are a few Jabbas there. You can see them at the club. Okay, so I do know. I know some Star Wars. (laughs) Look at you. Yeah, I know Man of culture. So Josh wants to know what we're drinking today. So, yeah. So, yeah, Josh, this is uh, something I brought today. It was my turn this week. This is called Pompero uh, Rum. It's an extra Añejo. And, um, it is smooth, baby. Yeah, you guys like it? Comes in I like it. I like rum a little, lot. I like rum a lot. little baggage. You called it a ball sack. A bo- <laughs> that was off air. Um, comes in a fancy little thing. Makes for a nice gift. Price is right. I think it was about $45, and the presentation delivers, and, this thing's and the taste delivers. Aged 25 years by the by the cap. I don't... Well, it said 25 on the cap. That's true. On the cap, so you can it's get extra Añejo okay. rum for 40 bucks. Yeah. This thing is very, very, good. very, very smooth. smooth. Inflation um, is not... The reason uh, I got it is I was reading about rums, and I saw that this was like the highest. Usually, I go for like Florida Cana oh, I or like that one. Brugal... Or um, uh, Diplomatico, which is my personal favorite. You're making me want to go to False Idol after this. uh, Happy to go to False Idol with you, sir. But read that this is the highest rated and people are raving about it. So, Pompero. Yeah, we don't do enough rum. We haven't done rum ever on the We haven't. I don't know why, because I I prefer rum over mezcal, over tequila. It's just so easy. Over bourbon. Do you? Yeah. Rum is so underrated. Maybe not over scotch and Japanese whiskey, no, but like right no. up there. Yeah, rum's super, super underrated. No. I agree. A fine choice, but, sir. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, curious if anyone in the chat or the community has any favorite rum recommendations. But let's kick this thing off. Um, so welcome, everybody, to the Alfalfa Podcast. We're four entrepreneur and investor friends seeking the edge in money and meaning. We are Eric Johansson, Steven Cesaro, Nick Rabani's out of town. I am Armand Asadi. Hello to the chat. 
You can support the pod by becoming an Alfalfa member with a monthly or one-time donation. Head to the Alfalfa, head to alfalfapod.com or the link is in the show notes. Thank you for helping us fund this podcast. It makes it even more fun. Everything goes back to the podcast. Yeah. You can Armand, get your comment. Uh, Armand needs a new chair. I was in a flow the there. Hold Armand's on. chair oh, fund. I do need, okay, yes, I do need a new chair. His enormous ass <laughs> broken the cushion. Okay. okay. Before we went live, uh, and in between the lives, I was getting body shamed yeah. uh, by Eric for having a six-pack. Uh, <laughs> Dude. Who says that my BMI... Um, I feel like Rectum would have my back on So this. if you're breaking the chair, I feel like... BMI is a flawed number. Well, we're <laughs> focusing on the BMI. I'd like to focus on the chair that you just break by the sitting down. The chair doesn't lie. <laughs> the chair is withering. This chair... This but is, like, I feel like everybody else's chair is okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Nick's, someone I don't Nick's know about. chair is definitely good as new. <laughs> Maybe this is a whole ploy. Nick, I think Nick weighs like 96 pounds. Yeah, it probably does. Maybe someone's been sitting in my chair in off hours, off yeah, pot hours. Yeah. Anyway, back to the program. This is floating on air over here. Um, yeah, get your comment on the live stream with any donation above $9. Shout out to everybody out there in general. We love you guys. We appreciate you. I just want to make sure that you know that this means a lot to us that you guys show up here every week. A uh, way you can support the pod as well is share a recent episode with a friend. Um, make sure you're obviously subscribed. Like the video right now on YouTube. And a uh, quick shout out to our sponsor as well, Zbiotics. So that's one of our favorite bits of alfalfa we've had on the podcast is Zbiotics. We actually reached out to them because we liked it so much. Zbiotics is a pre-alcohol probiotic that helps you not feel like shit the next day and it actually works. Head to zbiotics.com forward slash alfalfa. You'll get 15% off for using our code alfalfa. Don't spell it wrong. <laughs> uh, when you feel like shit in the morning, it's not dehydration. It's a toxic byproduct and Zbiotics breaks this down. It was invented by PhD microbiologist Zach Abbott. We had him on the podcast. It was a great episode. Brilliant guy. Cool uh, dude. Brilliant guy. Look that episode up. I want to say it was 156 or something like that. Um, we don't drink without it. And uh, this eliminates those post-drinking days where you're just completely wiped, not productive, not able to get it, not able to get that workout. It's worked for us. So check it out. Uh, reminder to everybody, it does have a money-back guarantee, which is really awesome zbiotics.com forward slash alfalfa so we've got um a lot of stuff to get through today not to get through that's the wrong language too a lot of stuff to dig into to explore to explore yeah let's swim in the messy gray boys this is going to be a, a fun one a lot of stuff to react to <sighs> how are you feeling steven i can sense i sense an energy what's i, I want I feel you to release good. it you give know, it to you, me in a I, sound I, you might not be aware but a big thing happened today what happened a huge thing happened today what happened? Uh, the, the prodigal son has returned mm. to the Discord. Shout out to Marty McFly. <laughs> Marty McFly is back? back? Marty McFly baby. is back. Wow. This is groundbreaking news. People that aren't in our Discord are like, why do you guys talk about the people in your community all the time? <laughs> well, if you joined our community, you'd understand. It's uh, it's a wild place. I'm glad he came back because I was literally about to purchase like a custom... <laughs> missing poster to like put on the like a milk carton yeah like have you seen me like it, i i was about to send him a handwritten letter uh full request from the board of uh directors of alfalfa requesting immediate return i wow. feel like uh some of our our discord members are a little jealous that marty gets so much attention so <laughs> hookham was here recently uh, just like you guys have said behavior. marty more than anybody else in the, in, in uh, the, the history of the pod oh my god that's probably he's true a, he's a character he's a real he's a character legend. we like yeah. characters Yes, we do. We like all of you, though. Character or Thank or you not. for reminding us. Steve. Oh, Marty's yes. in the chat. Oh, hell yeah. He's in the That's chat a full too. comeback. Oh. 
That's a full comeback. After all that, Marty says, LOL. Thanks, Marty. <laughs> yeah. Good sentiment there, Marty. Man of many words. This is uh, going down a little too easy, by the way. Yeah, yeah you're going to be really smooth. fun in like 30 to 40 minutes. You're going to be really fun. I'll yeah, see you in I, the fun zones. I'm, I'm fun right now. Are you? Yeah. Just born fun? Yeah. I well, can see yeah. that. <laughs> middle name's fun. Yeah. I could see that. My middle name is not fun. Do you guys know my middle name? I do. It's really... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. What do you... Like, I Hold just want to guess. I don't know. It's like William or something. Nobody, Bartholomew? No, nobody... <laughs> nobody can ever guess my middle name. It's, Deuteronomy? It's, it's never been guessed. <laughs> Stephen Deuteronomy <laughs> Cesaro? <laughs> I'm gonna. I actually have plans to name my first son. Dude, I knew that was your plan. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you know this for that. like ten years. You talked years. about that. But Bartholomew. <laughs> yeah, you look oh like a. God. You look like a kind I'm of like a Bart. Dude, I know <laughs> yeah, it, but Bart, it's, I know it. We've talked about this. It's not coming to me. It starts with a D. What? Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? I'm not telling you. Okay. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> you'll never, you'll never, nobody ever, get, nobody ever guesses it. Nobody <laughs> ever guesses it. Time for that. I'm not doing this. Yeah. Oh, is it really like <laughs> David? It's pedantic, isn't it? No, I think it's the opposite. It's, it's very like pedantic. so, so blase. Is it just like blase? Yeah. It's yeah. like a normal name, but nobody ever guesses it. Okay, so it is like a David. Just plant that seed in your right. in your mind there. I'm just gonna yell um, words with D throughout the podcast. Yeah. If anybody has a guess in the chat, yeah, like, let's make let's, let's see who wins. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Wait, make it a giveaway. Give something to people if they get it. I feel like somebody in the chat might know. Maybe they Don't do. you owe people like mugs or There's something? some good guesses going on. Dumper. Ooh, did I just bring up that? <laughs> Dumper. <laughs> oh, Dwayne. Man. Drake. Dingleberry. Mm. Mm. I don't like Ooh, that one. It's going to get dark pretty quick. I don't like that one. I'm going to stop reading the yeah. chat now. <laughs> I don't like this game. All right, what do you got for us to kick this off, Steve? All right, so last week we were celebrating here mm-hmm. with some champagne. Yeah, yeah that was fun. Sparkling French wine. I'm I'm unclear on the region. Oh yeah, uh, it was particularly not champagne because mm. it was like from France. Wasn't but it from Rick from, Ross? <laughs> it was from Rick Ross. Rick yeah. Ross doesn't even have real champagne. It's messed so, up. So I thought we were gonna make it. Are we still gonna make it? it yeah, I mean, I expect big boom. So we're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're here a week later. I wanted 60k. I wanted all time highs. Patience, nah. young grasshopper. No. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of euphoria and a lot of like panic already, and we are sitting here basically at the same price we were before we launched. Mm-hmm. Priced in, perhaps uh, you might say. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. Like, I I feel like the sentiment is actually still kind of bad, oddly enough. Hmm. Um, but our boy Eric Balkunis, who's been our go-to ETF man. Man is like really uh really living his best life these days. Yeah, this is his moment. <laughs> like nobody's cared about oh, his Oh, it's work. totally Dominic. Donatello. It's Dominic. Oh, Donatello would be sick. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was Donatello. It's Dominic. <laughs> uh nobody in the chat has guessed it yet. I told you it's Dominic. <laughs> it is in the chat. Josh guessed it. What did he, what did he guess? Dominic? No. For the seventh time. Yes. No, it's not Dominic. It Stop it. Okay, we're going to Eric Balkunas' <laughs> tweet here. Now. Um, so Eric Balkunas has a very rosy view on what happened with the ETFs um, recently. We did uh, $10 billion in volume the first three days combined. People are really concerned about the inflows, the inflows, the inflows. But uh, Eric has pointed out that uh, volume is a big deal. Like, 
even if there's not a ton of money net flowing in, like the very fact that these things are getting a ton of trading means that they're sort of smash hit products. And if they're smash hit products, whether or not they have 100 billion of Bitcoin in them you know, tomorrow, uh, things are looking good. Uh, so, yeah, Eric said, let me put this into context how insane 10 billion in volume is in the first three days. There were 500 ETFs launched in 2023. Today, they did a combined 450 million. The best one did 45 million. iBit alone is seeing more activity than the entire 2023 freshman class. So pretty wild um, and just like a volume standpoint. And is it a fair comparison? What's unfair about it? I don't know. I'm just wondering what you think. Do you think Bitcoin should be... It's like so awesome that we should be holding it to an even Super higher awesome. standard than existing ETFs? I think so. A higher standard than all 500 ETFs combined from 2023? It's interesting. It's a single individual asset that you can now purchase in the form of an ETF, which is quite different than what most people expect when they buy an ETF. But I'm not saying... Gold, yeah, that different. GLD. Yeah, I guess you can do that with gold. Yeah, yeah. any yeah. any commodity. It can be representative yeah. of any commodity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, of course, it's not just the volumes we're concerned about. We're concerned about the flows. Uh, Eric has said the uh, latest flow as of day three, uh, we got seven hundred and eighty-two million in net flows, uh, which is great because we've been concerned that uh, Grayscale was basically going to dump on the entire market. Uh, for those of you not following, uh, Grayscale, I think, had like $30 billion or so in assets under management. And when they converted, the fear initially was that all this money was just going to get the fuck out of Dodge, basically, and dump all over us. $30 billion is a lot of Bitcoin. Um, but thus far, it seems like we've actually balanced that out quite nicely. And there is like actually net money uh, coming through. Yeah, so, we have net positive inflows, Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, it doesn't seem like a ton of money has flowed out of Grayscale, which is great because if we just suddenly realized 30 billion of Bitcoin was going to be dumped on us, it would be, it'd be bad. So in, in your opinion, what, what would cause people to dump out of Grayscale and what would, what would uh, you know, incentivize them to stay in Grayscale, which is a higher fee product than the, than the newly launched ETFs? Yeah. Well, I mean, the average person in Grayscale is probably sitting on like a 200 or 300% gain, right? So, yeah, so it's for tax purposes. What you are you going to do? You yeah. pay an extra 1.2% in annualized fees, or do you realize 20, 30% in taxes? Right. Just leave it. People just leave it. Yeah. That leave was part of, the, it's part of the calculation hmm. by Grayscale. They didn't really <laughs> drop their fee that much. Hmm. I mean, they left that at Knowing uh, that people 150 would be bips, I think. 150 bips when when the market is uh like 25 trading bips. at zero currently yeah yeah, yeah they're, they're for the like first six months rebates. teaser rates and it looks like these things are going to end up around like 20 or 30 yeah which is insanely low it's basically like not even profitable to run them that low um it's been quite remarkable to see that because it, it just seems to me like it's this mega endorsement of like how bullish these institutions are on this asset class that they're basically willing to just run this entire thing as like a loss leader just to get some AUM and get like a foothold in the space. Um, you got Larry Fink just going on TV talking about how tokenizing assets just solves all the problems mm -hmm. of uh, the financial world, basically. And just be like, yeah, we should just tokenize everything. We'll get rid of all fraud. People are like, whoa. 
What about the alternate take, which is coming from uh, our boy Jamie, Jamie Diamond? Oh, this is good. Oh, Jamie, yeah, Jamie, uh, <laughs> Jamie okay. said some fun stuff today. Yeah, let's explain it, but then I have a question. What's your question? Do you want to go? Do you, no, Jamie I can't first? go question before it's it's. Well, what do you say first? Fully surfaced. Yeah, um, Jamie. I mean, we're gonna pull up. Jamie are we gonna Jamie? pull it up? I wish I could share the video, but uh, we don't have audio yet. We're oh, not. Okay. We're not quite so there. You're gonna have to paraphrase what he said. Yeah, Jamie was on. Uh, CNBC, and he basically, they were talking about the fixed supply of Bitcoin, and he's like, basically like, well, gold's a fixed supply, and uh, Satoshi might come back <laughs> yeah. any day and just yeah, more Bitcoin. Satoshi. He said Satoshi. I'm only saying Satoshi, Satoshi from now on. <laughs> Satoshi. Uh-huh. Um, and then J- Jameson Lopp uh, with the uh, comeback tweet. Oh, I'm going to go to the tweet now. How do you know it will stop at 21 million? He keeps asking year after year. Bro, it's five lines of code. He said, I have not met a single individual who can answer this question for me. (laughs) (laughs) How many layers of security do you have? Anybody in the crypto sphere can answer this question for you. He's just trolling. So so, so this is my question. Is he serious? Is he being earnest? You have with to, any you of you have it. to just think he's fucking with us. You, like, you have to, right? Yeah, he's, I think he's being the serious. Li- I, I think he's being... He was about to go God, on camera. He's know. like, guys, I'm going to get this. I'm going to say Satoshi. No, I think you guys like. I think you guys are missing the the true thesis that he's coming with. Like, the, the, you know, he did say all these things that you mentioned. He literally said those things. But I think his thesis is, I don't give a shit. Stop asking me on CNBC. This is going to be the last time I talk about it. I don't care about this. That he did say that. Like that's all he wants to say is like, cool. So then everything Anybody, that comes after that is just going to be nonsense. Yeah, he's like because he's, he's over it. He's telling you already. Like, don't take my opinion as anything. I don't care. Like, I think. Yeah. So I think yeah. he's like coming from a legit. So caring what his beliefs are, how he okay I heard a sound. I don't know what that was. I, oh, sorry. Yeah. That's probably one of my trading view alerts. Oh, shit. Sorry. Okay. I thought we got a donation. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we got a donation. No. Yeah, it just, might be. No, Solana, Solana's just dumping. <laughs> oh. I don't know if yet. you guys heard that uh, bell ring, but that God was. Uh, damn it. That was Stephen getting liquidated. Did I, oh, <laughs> I, I, no. I think that you're. Uh, well, hold on, Stephen, focus. No. I think Focusing. you're right that, um, uh, given I have put. 30 seconds of thought into this, just mostly just reacting to the video. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think like when a person who just doesn't give a shit anymore and has asked that been asked that question so many times and has a clear like stance on it gets asked again. I think that's the kind of reaction you're going to get. Yeah, he's just um, he's uh, I think people want to give him the benefit of the doubt that he's smart and that he does understand these things uh, to the degree that he you know should. But I think he's basically telling us that he doesn't care. He did say something kind of intriguing uh, afterwards. He's like, well, we know that this particular coin does nothing other than just it exists. Call it a pet rock. He called it a pet rock. He's like, I like assets that uh, yield something. And I was like, ooh, well, I know of a crypto coin that does that. So on the other hand, you had Larry Fink uh, being asked about like, you know, what do you think about an an Ethereum ETF? And he was like, yeah, I think that should happen and it should happen soon. And sure enough, he filed for um, it. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and, you know, I think he was being asked like, will they all have an ETF at one point? And I think he said, I don't know about that, but um, he believes that this is just a step toward that tokenized future. Right. Yeah. And like uh, I was, describing on our last episode together where i i kind of like had a moment of uh, emotion where uh, where this etf passed and i was like i was predicting the future as well where it's like this is 
this ETF, this Bitcoin ETF launch is the moment that uh, cements the tokenized future. Like I thought this yeah. was the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. So what happened? So if you guys are wondering, uh, there are already multiple Satoshi meme coins deployed. Oh, God. I found one on Solana that's already done three and a half million of volume and is up 28,000% on the day. <laughs> Satoshi. So, Satoshi. Satoshi. <laughs> Satoshi. If you buy this, you will lose money. I don't know. Actually, maybe not. <laughs> no, maybe who not. knows? Who knows? Play the uh, lotto. Have yeah. some fun. Meme coins are an asset class, according <laughs> to Steven. Yeah. They are. That was they the are. most absurd episode ever. Satoshi. Um, I bit my tongue many times in that episode. <laughs> ah, don't bite your tongue. No, that oh. was too much. Uh, Jamie also said a uh, interesting thing uh, about Trump in this interview. He's kind of uh, come around to him. Yeah. Did you did you catch that quote? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said, I did. And I like how Trump said things, but he wasn't wrong about those critical issues. That's why they're voting for him. People should be more respectful of our fellow citizens. I think this negative talk about MAGA will hurt Biden's campaign. Well, I mean, being respectful about each other and citizens, I think it's a hot take. Trump could take a page a out of that book, too. He could be a little more respectful. But uh, Jamie Dimon was um, giving him credit for being right on NATO um, and other mm -hmm. stuff, like which he was. Right on a few things. But like being respectful to others, yeah. not so much. I think he's really talking about the blowback effect that, that the campaign will experience from targeting MAGA people. Like, it's a reality. Like, the more they they do that, I think there's going to be, like, severe blowback. Mm. Negative consequences. It does remind me of something. So, never been a Trump fan. Um, what? Hold on. What? <laughs> well, you're not surprised. But, um, wait, really? I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, let me <laughs> I, clear the air. I thought that was legit. Um, but I'll never forget the first time that I saw him say something that made me look at him differently. It was years ago, but it was just a clip, and he says something along the lines of, being popular as a president is the easiest thing in the world. Everybody complicates it. They think it has to do with all of these different issues and how they stand on those issues and who they are and how charismatic they are. And he's like, it's, that's nonsense. He's like, there's one thing that matters is the economy. Making people rich is the most surefire way to be a popular president. Mm. And he just went on a rant about all that matters is that the stock market does well, that the economy does well, that inflation is controlled. And this was before all of our inflation woes. And he's putting, uh, and putting stimmy checks in the pockets of people. Yeah. <laughs> totally. But I think it was even before that, to be honest. But he did do that as yeah. a way to kind of like make sure. Right. But his point was like, you make people feel rich and you're going to be a popular president. And that just showed me like, okay, interesting. Like now, like he talks so much about so much nonsense, but what really is his North star? And that revealed at least one of his North stars that he's, he, he, you know, he gets at toward. like the truth of things. He says the quiet part out loud a lot. Yeah. Right? And like what he said there is one of the main reasons I remain like extraordinarily long and extraordinarily bullish is because hmm. every politician right now realizes this. There, there, there's, there's sort of two politicians right now. There's, there's the class of politician that's like, I have to just spend a bunch of money so I can get reelected because they're sort of not realizing any of the downside of doing the spending in the short term. Everything's like can kicking, right? And then there's a whole side of the country that's like, we have to make the economy really, really good so the orange guy doesn't win. 
-hmm. And they're doing like both of those things. So I'm like looking at everything and I'm like, wow, no matter what happens for at least like the next nine months, right? We're like in overdrive, I think, on the stimmy stuff. Yeah. I think the main reason, I, I mean, I don't want to say the main reason, but I think one of the reasons Powell pivoted like a couple months ago was because of this, right? Like Powell's sitting there. He's like, I don't want this fucking guy in again. He just told me to, like last time he was here, he told me to make rates zero and just yelled at me for like years. So even if he's yeah. not overtly like manipulating, like he can look at the data and be like, Seems fine. So hold on, because um, at, at that same Davos conference where they interviewed Jamie Dimon, they interviewed a lot of people. I think one of the guys they interviewed was uh, Rubenstein, who runs Carlisle Group. Mm -hmm. And I think it was him who said this. I watched all of them, but like I think it was him. And he said uh, Powell is going um, to be reluctant to cut rates prior to the election because he doesn't want to exhibit favoritism to one party or the That's other. That's why he did it early. So he did it early yeah. because he doesn't want to. he doesn't want to show that he's like supportive of the democratic party. Yeah. And he, he has good cover cause he has cover with like the real rates thing. Like because inflation has been tanking so hard, right? Like real rates are actually quite high. So if he wants to keep real rates at like these kind of meaningful levels, he can actually drop that kind of fed funds rate and it's totally in line and everything looks kosher. It doesn't look like he's doing anything nefarious and maybe he's not, but like the incentives are obviously nudging him that way. And I think that there's one entire party that basically is like, this guy is Hitler. Anything is justified to not have him in office. In fact, it's our duty to do anything, right? And everybody knows the number one thing you cannot do to win a re-election campaign is have the economy be in a recession. I don't think mm -hmm. anybody has ever won a re-election bid with like a recession economy. I think it's like never happened. So I think that's like mm. goal number one. But that's just the short term, right? This fits in with this like longer term narrative of just money printing everywhere. Everywhere you see it, it's just like the cat's kind of out of the bag. You can't feel it in the air. Like everybody sort of realized it. I think there's a reason why everybody's just going balls long and taking out debt. Like because taking out debt is actually a logical thing to do. If you were to know that the world was going to kind of go into this like money printing phase and you could get like this sort of fixed low rate debt in preparation for that world you're actually doing yourself a favor by by doing that because you you can you can kind of purchase these assets that that will get inflated down the road and you're just trying to like get on your little lifeboat and float away out of everybody uh, ahead of everybody so yeah it's it's going to be wild and no, it's wild and, and, and if trump wins he's not going to be like a austerity guy no fuck know? no, no. <laughs> he's fuck like no. not even like a, not even like a republican he's just like loves he loves printing money yeah loves it He's, yeah. it's, 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 it's kind of funny. All, so, all roads lead to Bitcoin up. Yeah. 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 And all assets basically. Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that's, that's my generalized take on the ETF. I don't know how you guys feel right now, but like, I am so fucking bullish right now. Like, and the fact that people are sort of panicking a little bit that like we, oh God, we ticked off 49 and sold off to 42. It just doesn't matter. Like even if it goes to 35, it, it just doesn't fucking matter. It's going to go to a hundred. It's going to go to 200. It's probably going to go to 500. Like, we might be in a situation where, like, sovereign wealth funds are buying the damn thing pretty soon. There's going to be, like, an Ethereum ETF, and everybody's going to start speculating on, okay, what's the next altcoin ETF? What's the next altcoin ETF? It's like... It goes to infinity. It's it like hurts the, my brain. These, like, Bitcoiners like, are right. It just goes to infinity, like, I think. Maybe a top signal. I don't know. <laughs> it goes to infinity, <laughs> like, in, top in, like, in fiat currency denomination. Like, I think it does. Uh, well, 
This is something we've been talking about on the podcast for years, so no, no changes in this sort of high-level thesis about what's happening in the world right. and what you can do to... I guess I'm just like, I'm not know. so concerned about Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin goes, goes much higher, but I think everything goes higher. It's the thing that leads everything. Real estate you know? goes higher, stonks go higher, everything goes. Yeah, for sure. But Bitcoin is the gateway drug to crypto, right? So getting that into the sort of institutions, getting everybody involved in it, you buy a little Bitcoin, then you buy some Ether, then you buy some Solana, and the next thing you know, you're gambling on dogs with hats and all sorts of crazy, uh, crazy Didn't stuff. Didn't Franklin uh, Templeton just come out with like a... Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Franklin Templeton. Was that like a Solana tweet? They were. I thought they were tweeting on, on Whiff. They were like, dogs with hat. Were they? <laughs> I think so. Like, I didn't... I didn't Stop it. They were like, they did a, they did like a, our, our digital asset group is doing our Twitter takeover and they're like for an hour. And I didn't go through it, but I swear they were talking about dog with hat. Dude, like, d does it not seem to you like base reality just keeps getting more and more and more warped? But we're, but we're almost getting numb to it because we're in it. But like, if I if I took you in a time machine, even like eight years ago, and dropped you off in today, and just told you all the stuff that was happening in the world, like, like but, I know <laughs> I know they put laser eyes on Ben Franklin. They like, did. Ben I saw Franklin that. is their their like logo. And they put laser eyes on them. So you're assuming we're still in base reality, Stephen. <sighs> hey, so you're pumping uh, Trump NFTs? Yeah. So Trump NFTs, by the way. I saw your tweet. Pumping. Oh, where where'd they go to? What's the floor at these days? They're at point uh, two seven. Last I checked. Yeah. Okay, that's a nice double up from when you bought them. I tweeted about them a month ago. I bought a bunch at like point one two, point one three. Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is the most obvious freaking trade I've ever seen. Like. <laughs> We're gonna have a president who literally has his own NFT collection. How many are there? Like forty thousand of them, forty-eight thousand okay. or something like well, that. Well, are you sure that he's gonna be the president? How do you do at Iowa? But it doesn't matter. Just the fact that he's going to be—he crushed in Iowa. He crushed in Iowa. Fifty-one percent. The next best was Ron DeSantis at twenty-one percent. Yeah, like it's it's over. It's been over. I've been tweeting it's that it's over said. forever. I also tweeted a while ago that like Trump my head thirty percent to win the Republican nomination was like the freest money of all time. Yeah, which free stamp it, yeah. free money, absolutely free. And I said that once they published the mugshot photo. Well, let me I ask you like, guys oh, a over. question. He's, he's it came president. up in the the community. There was a comment by Hookham, mm -hmm. um, who's basically like, I think it's going to be everyone that voted for Trump votes for Trump. Everybody that voted for Biden votes for Biden. No change. Um, so I actually think there will be a change. Wait, who said that? Hookham. Oh, um, no. Could be mistaken, but my Hook belief is Hook that... Hookham's wrong. I, I, <laughs> wrong. I also... Okay. <laughs> so I believe that uh, there will there's a, there's a new sort of... Uh, within this Venn diagram, there are people that voted for Trump that will vote for Biden this time, for sure, a percentage. And within this percentage... More of those people that switch sides are people that voted for Biden that will vote for Trump. Hence, Trump becomes president. And I believe that's going to be more surprising than people realize is the number of people that voted for Biden that will vote for Trump this time. I think the obvious thing is that people are so demotivated about Biden that there's going to be a lot of people who voted for Biden that just like are just like, I hate everybody so much. Which also ties anymore. into like a slightly parallel relevant idea that like will people show up and like I mean, will Trump there be turnout will show up yeah. yeah will there be but but what about these 
Biden sort of like, I can't vote for this guy again. That's not a passionate vote for Trump. So the question then becomes to counter my hypothesis. Well, will those people actually vote at all? The Biden people, those Biden people that can't vote for Biden again, that are forced to vote for Trump. Will they be a passionate vote for Trump? No. Like, it depends on the weather. So I'll describe myself like I'm open to talking about like, like I'm in that camp. Like, what do I do? Um, it's like I've got two ex-girlfriends. Both were toxic relationships. I never want to talk to either one again. And they're both back. And I have to pick one to be with for four years. Are you kidding me? That's what we're left with? Well, Bilo would argue that the vote should go to a independent third party to like uh, bump those numbers up uh, for a better long-term vision of, of not just like a two-party system. He was he was talking about that in the in the politics channel. Does that actually begin to just understand like like in order to promote the possibility of something beyond a two party system? That's the idea. Yeah, I think that's been the idea forever. You know, yeah. unfortunately, I think we all want that. We all want something more than the two party system. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, we live in San Diego, California, and our vote doesn't matter because our state is bluest of the blue. So like, Facts. so you can kind of like do a vote for for. Yeah. an ideology if you want yeah. to must be interesting being in those swing states though like the pressure like your vote really does count it's going to count a lot yeah and not to create like a whole deep dive into politics i know we want to get to the ces stuff um but like just general i'm curious your predictions about like will will it be a you believe Stephen, that like trump will be president do you think it will go without major you know issues like, will this just literally be like he's stamped, you know, done? He has, you know. Oh, I think they're going to try to scam him for sure. I mean, they I think it, are. it's very obvious that every single existing institution in the world hates him and is doing anything possible to, like, for all we know, the freaking, like, the intelligence agencies don't like him. Who knows what they can do? Like, th- there's, there's very little chance this goes up without a hitch. I think if there was no very scammery low. going on, like, he's like 85%, you know? Mm-hmm. But there's going to be some th- like this. This happens every election. It's not necessarily that there's like outright fraud, but like people put oh yeah their thumb on the scale. Like when they banned like the the Hunter Biden story from Twitter, that wasn't fraud, but it was definitely putting a thumb on the scale. And like we'd had the you could vote with mail in ballot like three months in advance. All this stuff like yeah, it's not fraud. But it's people time. putting their th- yeah, and that stuff won't it's gonna be, be worse there this, this time. time. I think um, it's going to be rocky as hell. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Um, not really looking forward to I think to it's it, going to be really to, bad. And then you honest. talk about AI. You talk about, like, what's possible with video right now. Oh, um, yeah. It's going to be some what, wild. What it, I mean, 10 months in AI, time is... You know, fucking lifetime. Yeah. And so, like, right now, you can basically, you know, generate a video of Trump saying something that you could barely but, but, tell. But if Trump, you look at the lips Trump closely... Trump wins in this world because everybody is so inoculated to him at this point... There is nothing you could put him saying on video that would change anybody's opinion anymore. Like but, everybody is just like yeah. priced in. Whereas like Biden, like you could do stuff where people are like, oh my God. But like there's yeah. there's nothing Trump could I I feel like he's the most like cemented He's bulletproof in that way. Like he just he's been so heinous that like nothing you say can like everybody's ever just stick dug to in. The benefit everybody's just of, dug like, in yeah. his brand. And yeah. like when you come out the gates saying I snatch women by the, like, you know, that's, (laughs) you got to grab them by the, so when you say that, 
in your campaign like talk like yeah it's I gonna was, be hey, fine it was locker room talk locker room talk <laughs> locker room and people talk. went you know what he's right yeah i have heard that in the locker room <laughs> well locker room talk does and, get pretty and you know what he is right. Yeah, I mean, locker room talk does get worse than that. Oh, so. way worse than that. So like, oh, that's, I would, I would that's bet a lot of money that unlock. if I could be a fly on the wall and just bug like, all, if I could just download Armand's entire locker room talk history <laughs> and publish it to the world, like he'd, uh, he'd, he'd be walking. You're never gonna get this. He'd shave the, he'd shave the beard. <laughs> no way. There'd be no more beard. He'd be wearing like a fez uh, all the time. Jesus. And just, <laughs> he'd be <What>? <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't leave my house. Wouldn't look good. Um, (laughs) Well, before we pivot away from that, I wanted to take your temperature uh, real quick on just one other element of the caucus and everything. Vivek dropped out today. Sorry. What, what was that? <laughs> Tom the Nump says, I do love a locker room. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Man. Oh, by the way, before Vivek, I, I, I saw I saw Hookham in the uh, chat wanted to, to, to clarify his position. Defending himself. Uh, I'm being misquoted. Yeah, we figured you were. <laughs> uh, he said it's about how many people stay home. Which I which which I agree with. I no, think, I said that. Yeah. I fo- I said that in my follow up, Hookham. So you agree with Hookham? We all agree with him. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. In that sense. End of story. Yeah. Vivek, he's gone. Okay. What do you? What do you? He was kind of an interesting side character. Didn't have that winner energy for me. It's like interesting because everybody a I know was at least like intrigued by him, like in my world. But like outside intriguing. of my world, he mattered like not at all. Yeah, he was super intriguing. Came in at like five. I've listened to him for like very little, but the brief amount of time. Um, He's uh, he's smart Trump, and um, <laughs> and it works, but it doesn't work as well as dumb Trump or AKA just Trump. It just doesn't work as well. It doesn't create as much popularity and populism in general. Um, but I think he's got something interesting. I just find him to be a complete fugazi, like all of them. He's a complete fugazi. He's just like a symptom <laughs> you, of his time. Could you define fugazi? Nah. All right. You gotta watch. You uh, just gotta feel it. You gotta dude. watch Bronx Tale for that one. Um, <laughs> But like, it's it's just um, that's what they all are. But but especially the populace. Oh yeah. So we'll see what he decides to be in four years, what what you know agenda he jumps on. But like in general, for me, smart guy, trying to jump on trends, say the things that need to be said for the times that we're currently living in. That was my read on him. I feel like I was um, guilty of um, sort of being swept up by his shtick. Which is like the same thing that MAGA folks are with Trumps, which is like uh, this guy says a lot of the things that I've been thinking for a long time, but haven't been said. And I'm like, oh man, this guy. It's just, just a better character. He just says it. And he's like, he, he wasn't as heinous as Trump yeah, on the downside. Yeah, like, oh, I might have hung out he with was that like guy. Pretty in San smart on the upside. <laughs> and like, you know, I w- he just, you're right. He was like kind of like a smart Trump. <clears throat> I felt like he didn't have that in a weird way that's like, likability factor that i think trump actually has like right. so, like many people actually fucking hate him but there's something kind of endearing about his shtick a little bit like oh totally but like a lot of people won't wouldn't want to admit that but totally yeah he made a lot of very good points i thought he was also he also felt like very phony to me yeah very like he's phony. very skilled salesman mm-hmm. obviously but it all just felt like extremely calculated. He was very good at making it feel not phony. 
it was close, but the read is obvious that it's it's it's, it's, it's a fugazi. It's very interesting how like our world, like when we log on Twitter, like we see Vivek all the time. Everybody's talking about Vivek. He dominates that world, and then you go into the real world, and he's yeah, he's a like, footnote. Uh, he's like completely know, irrelevant. Fifteen percent, or just 11. goes to show you like the. The bubble. Well, well, where 11%. did where did he get to? Because uh, when he dropped out, I, I saw he got to five percent in the caucus, five or six percent. That's so low uh, in That's Iowa. So yeah. low. Maybe it was seven. I think it was five percent in Iowa. That's like nothing. Yeah, well, I thought he was making nothing better inroads than that. Literally, no more than like, eight. Oh, we need no a, more. We need like right a waste answer. of Fact fucking me, time, dude. Fact check oh, me. Oh man, um, yeah, seven point seven. Adam's asking: yeah. Is Vivek the VP pick? No. No. I mean, he won't be. I don't. I don't think he. Sh- I'm not saying he shouldn't be. I just don't think he will be. Okay. I think he is the VP pick, and here's why. You think so? Yeah. So when you look at the polling data from the caucus, like you see something very, very interesting. Like amongst the youngest group of voters, Vivek won. Wait, hold on. Say he that he, number like, one. Like he was actually first he was place. First place in the youngest group of voters in the polling. I think Trump came in fourth shut up in amongst what 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 do you like delineate this uh age it was like 18 to 28 i want to say something like that yeah it's pretty young i think look look it up i don't i don't have (laughs) this isn't a well-researched show okay but um yeah vivek won amongst young people um so i think that trump he trump dominates amongst the olds it's very very fascinating like how much old people just love trump yeah, you love him. I don't. Like my think, grandpa loves him. I don't. I don't think they can team up together. Why? He shores way up the one vote similar, that Trump struggles the most with. Way too similar and way too desirous of the exact same outcome. Do you think that? Do you think that Vivek wants the limelight a little too much for 100%. Trump's liking? Yes, hundred percent. Maybe. Maybe I could see that. Yeah, that I would mean, be something. He'd have Trump to really check him and put him in his little drawer to like be able to work with him. Because Trump will not stand for like big personality right. in the VP position. He, Vivek's but. smart though. Like he wouldn't take the limelight. He'd just be like, "This is my ticket to to a future be president." Right? Yeah, and yeah just maybe not screwed up. I think maybe. But yeah, I, I think he. Actually, All right, enough of politics. Fix him. I'm over it. I do. He's What's over it. Next, he's over it. Let's um, let's move on. So CES just happened. Let's move on. CES. That's a hell of an event. Does that stand for the Consumer, Consumer Electronic Show? show. Uh, Summit? Show? Summit? Damn it. No, show, I don't dude. know. I'm guessing. It's a show. It's a show? Yeah. It's a hell of a show. I went uh, there a couple years ago. Okay, tell us about it. I went there on a free ticket. You went? Oh, wow. Yeah. What was it like? I went with a, a friend. Isn't who, it huge? It's fucking huge. It's huge. huge, right? It's huge. And like... Which uh, casino was it in? It was like in many different conference centers. Oh, really? It was like all over the place. I got pitched on it, and I I'm so sold. I just basically heard this pitch of like, you just walk around and going, oh my god, oh my god, ooh, that's cool, and you're just like, it's just that. It's just you're cool. Just having shit. a good time. It's cool shit everywhere, and everywhere is meant to like draw your attention and wow you. But there's nothing that you can no. you can't buy anything really. You, you can't walk like, around with a forty. I don't. I wasn't drinking at the time. I don't. I didn't remember seeing I anyone also drinking. Don't drink forties for the record. But I just <laughs> yeah. wondering if I can. I remember when you did though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what oh, happened this boy. year at the CES? A lot, a lot. Uh, let's switch to the screen. Now. Yeah. What do we got? What do we got primed it's up? Got, got uh, uh, angry Tom tweets. Gonna... He's got a good thread on CES here. Yeah. Okay. What's the first thing? This is uh, Arovia. Never heard of this company. Splay. 
It's a mix of a projector and a foldable screen. Bye. I don't. So what? You just unfold this thing. I shouldn't go to this event because oh. the number one thing I spend money on is tech. Oh, you're always an early adopter I gadget am, guy. Th- and I've never been to this. This is and basically just like a foldable portable TV. But you would just be lo- would you buy. would be just like lost. I hit the buy button everywhere. Yeah, you would. We need to hide your. I would be. Hide your yeah, wallet. When you went, did they have like buy it now QR code? I don't remember seeing a lot situation. of people buying stuff. Or is just it like more just show and tell. showcasing. See, I, I need to buy. Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. see what else is on this list. This is like a foldable. Uh, TV kind Basically of? Basically a foldable TV. It's a, okay. it's a screen with a projector kind of... Well, foldable was a big, uh, like kind of a theme this yeah. year. Yeah. So the, this this is like kind of cool, but you know... All not, right, what not, else? Not, what else? Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. I can without this. Uh, this one's controversial. Oh my God. I love the physical Blackberry keyboard. <laughs> okay, good. Because I think this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. So they put, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> so they reattach. I'm so in. They for reattach those, for a those keyboard. Of you, for those oh my of you God. not listening, this is a I am so iPhone excited. case that just puts a Blackberry keyboard oh on the God. iPhone. Send me the link to this. Armand, you can't this go to this great. show. You're this literally going to go broke. <laughs> Chad, Chad, do you, Chad, do you like this thing? Do you, do you agree with Armand that this is cool oh or do you think it's the dumbest thing? You actually want the keyboard back. I want the keyboard. Oh, so my God. Bad. You're so, First of all, I hate the phone in general. I hate having a phone. Look how long it is. Well, we'll get to we'll yeah. get to maybe a replacement for she that. She said. Um, okay. Uh, what happened? Vibes, facepalm, no. Yeah, <laughs> I would not be in on I this. I want it so bad. What a conversation starter. It is a oh, conversation yeah. starter. Conversations like looks what like the it's fuck built for lightning, you? though. They're a little behind the times. Got to switch to that USB C, bud. Come on. Oh my god. Come on. All right, this is a hard pass for okay. me. Okay. Okay. What else? We oh, this is fucking cool. This thing is cool. Samsung introduces the world's first transparent micro LED screen. See stuff like this, I don't get. Why do I need that? Well, <sighs> this is. I feel like this kind of thing changes the world as we know it. Like mm. this will. This will be on the outside of building, like kind of how the sphere okay. is and shit. Like this, just like can be a presentation around all of our lives. This like, is basically it. like if you, you want to have a fire pit, fire. but f- you don't want fire. Yeah, maybe you can mm, have fire kind maybe. of around it, just playing. Cooler Trying to think shit. of other applications for it. Just so many. I think like when you want to watch a movie and look directly at somebody through the movie. <laughs> that's a pretty. That's a pretty incredible technology. I mean, though. this thing looks cool. Transparent LED. Wow. Wow. All right. I mean, so you're not cool. watching TV on that, but pretty cool, yeah. pretty cool. Okay. Next one, pretty nutty. Uh, so X-Tang, this is the Chinese cyber flying truck? car. We got a flying car, boys. Why does it look like a cyber truck? Because well, cyber trucks look awesome, and the yeah. Chinese <laughs> yeah. Chinese like to you know borrow from us. Yeah, Elon wins again. Is that a flying car, or is that just a helicopter inside <laughs> of the car? It's a helicopter. <laughs> Good job, Xpeng. You created a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it's a helicopter that comes out of a car? So, yeah, it doesn't look like a flying car. It's just... It's a car that has a helicopter inside wrong, it's of it. a car that has a... Which is cool, by the way. That is pretty cool. In, in terms of like a car that doesn't have a helicopter, I prefer the one that does have I... one. I'm not sure why you need to drive somewhere <laughs> just and then a, get into your just helicopter, have a helicopter and fly. Have a helicopter separate. Yeah, like I want to fly from my house I'm to I'm mostly somewhere. just upset about the air quotes flying car yeah <laughs> no it isn't quotes it's false advertising <laughs> flying car i got so excited okay what else we got wait i, I have more questions on the flying car okay let's go okay. back do, do you think this is ever a thing like can you imagine a world where you just look outside and people are zooming around in like little flying cars it's probably ridiculous it to like presume that that doesn't happen it, it feels like it has to, but like, how does that happen because um, if you just did that tomorrow if you just gave everybody a flying car fifth element dude everything is on fire Fifth element. Fifth element. Maglev. 
It's got to be all autopilot, gotta, right? No, you highways. Can only do this highways and autopilot. Yeah, it's already laid out in perfect detail in the fifth element. All right, I look forward to it. It's already to, solved. I look okay. forward to the We're going to go through them, and truck. we're going to vote on what uh, is the best product at the show, by the way. All right, cool. Uh, oh, Rabbit R1. This is the uh, AI-powered companion device. Okay, it's, this... It's like a... So, my understanding of this is it's basically like a physical device, like a standalone physical device that sits in your pocket, but basically like does tasks on apps for you. To give it a little more context, I think this was the, the most talked about product at CES. So this this little thing that you're describing, which is like a, a a device you put in your pocket, was the the talk of the town. Well, I liked that they actually sold their product. They like, sold out. You know, yeah, they sold out they immediately. Ten thousand really? units. Yeah, which is not a ton, but at least you could like go and view it and be like, I want that. Okay, Bye. so what does it do, guys? Like, what does this thing do? Well, we only looked at it for. Well, you know. okay. Well, I looked at it before too. Okay, you tell us then. <laughs> well, I was just trying to this pass the ball so off. No, 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 no. Hold the ball, buddy. Hold okay. the ball. So what it does is that it it's like this integration uh, piece of hardware that allows you using natural language to access all of your applications that you would use on your phone with a touch screen, but this allows you to do it with your voice. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Why why standalone device is my first question. So well because you you would need one at this point. Yeah. But you know what I said offline was like Siri solves that or will not today not present day. Please make sure you understand. I don't mean Siri's awful. It has terrible branding. You just today. activated my Siri on my phone, by the way. Oh, see, first of all, <laughs> that's your first mistake. You actually have that on. I didn't even know that I did. Like I never, yeah, I've never dude, used Siri. In, I've never used Siri in my first life. First thing I've turned off on my phone when I first got it was. The Hey Siri should not be listening. Yeah, the thing is yeah, worthless. The is... good thing about the Hey Siri is you can find your phone for you. <laughs> I I'd rather like I use Hey Siri. Ways. Where are you? All I the time. Cannot... I've also I've never lost my phone. Real yeah. So um, Stephen loses it every. Apple day. is going to either uh, introduce its own. The, uh, Apple is going to integrate their own LLM into an on-device situation with the iPhone. I don't know whether they'll maintain the Siri branding or create a new brand for this. Um, if it was me, I would keep the Siri branding because it's just, while it's tarnished, um, it's never too late to like sort yeah. of, you know. We already know what it is, yeah. sort of. And it has a good name, yeah. you know, and you know what it is. You know it's meant to be an AI. It's just a bad one. So <laughs> if suddenly it showed up and it was a very good AI, uh, that'd be phenomenal. It'd be phenomenal. So... Yeah, I think you can handle this. And, and and by the way, I think Apple is a sleeper pick um, for in, the year. In the AI world. AI. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, yeah. Apple Apple stock right now is basically priced like they're not going to do AI, right? Like it's like the market is sort of punted on them in a way. It's probably like pessimistic about the, the Vision Pro 2. I don't know, which is, which is another thing. Well, the Vision Pro 2, I mean, I mean that, you're introducing something brand new. Uh, well, not from outside of CES, I mean. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, I want to touch on that. Well, maybe now. I don't know. We could, we could maybe okay. slight detour. Yeah, let's, get, let's get through the list and come to come to. Okay, just hit it then. Fine. Like, do, do you own Apple? Do you guys own Apple stock? Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I don't own any. Like, I'm wondering if I should just mash the yeah it's button just on calls old. right now i think i'm like i think i'm underweight relative to like the s&p 500 to be honest like i own some but I, it's not like four percent of my portfolio like, like apple's going to do ai right they're not just gonna not do it I, I think it's a high likelihood 
and yeah, they'll and probably they're, be good at it. And there are right? hints in the rumor mill that they've yes been working on it and in some a way that's like way more user friendly or intuitive or something. So we have this kind of like white white swan. Maybe that could happen. And yep. he, like even outside of AI, like back to your point on Vision Pro, I have no idea how how this thing is uh, getting feedback right now. But every product they launch seems to just be a fucking hit. To the point where I remember, I remember like now Apple stock is like trillions of dollars, right? So like a $50 billion business doesn't actually matter that much to them. But like, I remember when they launched their fucking AirPods, like those were so in demand that the AirPod business alone would be worth $50 billion as a standalone business. But that's like wild to me to think that that would be worth more than fucking Coinbase just because they, they're like, they're so good at launching products. I think the AirPod sold like 50 to a hundred times, like the number of units that like analysts were pricing. It was like insane. Um, And it's weird too. They launch these things that are super successful and like they come out and all the reviewers hate them. Well, so yeah, if you remember when the AirPods first came out, there was, they, there was bad reviews, ugly, weird looking, same thing with the iPad. Like, of, yeah. why do we need this? This is just a yeah. giant iPhone. So the first reviews, if we're talking about the Vision Pro, everyone's talking about how heavy it is. It's just yes. heavy. You can't wear it for yes, very Mar- long. Mar- Marcus That's Brownlee one, though. tweeted about it. A lot right? of people did. And a just lot. basically like, it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. But he wasn't the only one, and, and uh, that's not going to work. Some good memes, though. There's all these memes of, like... The neck. Yeah, yeah. prepping for the Vision Pro. <laughs> the weights with their necks. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's that thing Rogan always talks about? The neck thing? Oh, that I get yeah. That the I, ads I, for? I, dude, I used to get Instagram the, ads for Iron neck. Iron neck. <laughs> yeah. that, oh, I just made that up. What? Is that what it's called? I think it's, Is that called no, it's, it's something like that. Wait, it's, hold on. Iron but it's like, dude, wait, he's I, like... I yeah, think it's called Iron Neck. Start using this and all your neck pain goes away, man. Dude, I was like... I was watching a video of Max Verstappen... Max Verstappen training for Formula One races. And he was doing like these gnarly neck exercises. Oh my God, show that picture of yeah, Okay, hold on. This, show the picture wait, of Rogan oh, though. Wait, that didn't work. When he's making that face. It's ridiculous. Wait, I have to go back to what did you click on? Show oh, the one right Rogan. there. Yeah, that face. That's the Iron yeah, Neck. Iron Neck, yeah. baby. Love it. Yeah, Rogan has no more neck, so he's probably been doing a lot of that. Yeah, but what, what were you saying? <laughs> so no, I, I just, I don't know. Like That Max did what? Just did, like, these F1 drivers do, uh-huh. like, crazy neck exercises. Yeah, they so do. They're, like, yeah. literally doing, like, a neck. He's, like, a frail figure. For but sure. But just, like, with a badass neck. For sure. But anyway, it's really heavy, and... Uh, we'll see maybe the v1 doesn't do well i don't know i think there's enough hardcore apple lovers and evangelists out there that first of all they priced it so it didn't need to sell that many units right you know 3500 right something ridiculous are you guys gonna buy it i don't know when is it even out like very soon i think really like very soon and isn't there know. there's like a whole process you have to go through if i store and they fit it for you and do some crazy stuff i don't know I don't know. I'm not. I'm not their target audience. I'm my my adopter. use case for it is not fun. It's work. If I could feel no, no, like absolutely. I'm sharing like, an want, environment, if I, can lie on, if I can lie in bed like this and just blink and trade, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I Dude, could I'm connect the dog park, walk, like <laughs> just throwing the ball to Ziggy, and I'm gonna be like, I will spend any <laughs> amount of money on technology like, if it created the feeling of. Or rather, it created the anti-feeling of Zoom. So, mm. like for me, my life is Zoom meetings and email, right? So, to be able to 
have a Zoom meeting and make it feel like I'm having coffee with somebody, I'd pay enormous amounts of money for. Because I prefer the in-person experience when I meet with people. Yeah, I agree. And I, I anything that can that can improve that experience is in for me. Actually, there's a Techstars portfolio company that was in our cohort that's working on that too. So shout out to Remix. I mean, we're for um, sure going to be able to just do this pod like with headsets it's gonna look exactly at what point will be so realistic that eric is actually okay doing the pod virtual i'm question. glad you called me out we're in the same boat because i hate i the, hate it i hate the uh what do you i don't like that? it too Remote. right but like there, there is a point where it becomes so i haven't thought about life like right because i kind of want to live in like jackson hole part of the year or something like that so that could help out you know mike do i you have, even to, have to live in jackson hole now you just well, that's bed, the other way around, huh? <laughs> but there's so many, yeah. there's so many sensations outside of just your sight that like make reality, mm-hmm. at least our version of reality, uh, feel real. Yeah, like I'm a big fan of your fragrance. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> we can get that. That's in, a like, throwback V2. for like three percent of the audience. V3. Um, yeah. What if that's just in your Zoom settings? Like you have like a, there's just like a desired fragrance. Yeah, that like people <laughs> smell you in Armani. the meeting. Yeah. Just hit the Armani button. <laughs> We're not going to be satisfied just with ultra-realistic Eric's visuals. Like, like, there's going to be smell. There he is. Yeah. Okay, Armand's <laughs> entered the chat. <laughs> uh, this is uh, special fragrance from Paris, bro. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about getting it, actually. All right. I'm going to see what it's like. Like, if it has trading view, like, I'll Jesus. That'd be fun. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, oh. Show the HP laptop. Okay. I saw yeah, let's do uh, one of our, also one of our Techstars cohort friends, founders brought this in the last week. Foldable it must laptop, be this baby. one because it was the same exact thing. I saw this in person and I was like, you got to be kidding me. This is insane. Um, it's actually, it's pretty cool. Hell of a device. Yeah. I, so, and the way he had it was it had an attachment for your keyboard as well. And it like, well, this popped guy popped up into a full workstation. Well, yeah. this guy has it so that the touchscreen, the bottom half of the touchscreen, right. becomes the keyboard. Right. And my friend had it where he used the entire thing as a monitor, mm. and then it had an attachment to prop it up high, and then you had the keyboard he used, below. Like, a Bluetooth keyboard. It was incredible. On it. it was like what? He was like walking around with a you know twenty-three inch monitor. It was insane. So I've seen that Samsung came out with like a foldable phone that's just like this, probably using the same tech. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can see this becoming I mean, Windows and Android people crush it when it comes to the tech, but I mean, I could never. This I isn't like a zero to one thing for me. Apple though, has know? me. It's by just the... like, a, ooh, that's a really cool feature. Yeah, but the minute Apple comes out with their version of this, you're like, oh, it'll yeah. take 10 years. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. We pay triple. And we wait five years for everything else. But then when it comes out, you're like, oh, my God, it's so good. Yeah, and you brag to all the Android people about it. And they're like, are you serious? (laughs) Come on. They're they're like so mad at you, too. They're like, look at my AirPods. You're like, what? That has like six hours of battery life. Mine have 60. And you're like, yeah, but six is pretty good, bro. (laughs) I've been waiting years for this. Maybe the UX, dude. uh, What percent of our Discord do you think is like Android versus? I bet we're heavy Android. Like really above 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 the normal population. Above the average. Interesting. Yeah, I bet. Because you know, it's a technical. Apple is for like the plebs, kind of. It's like the normies. The normies. Yeah, it's normies. It's normies. I mean, we have like uh, IT type 
folks in here that are like technical technical yeah. smart people yeah mm. yeah i put it above the average for sure interesting yeah would have thought the opposite uh oh kohler eighty five hundred dollars smart toilet oh here it is this probably has a really awesome bidet this is the thing that caught Apparently, my eye it doesn't I, it doesn't eric says all it does is it lifts up the seat with your face. Okay. It's got to do more. Dude, Toto does that. Yeah. This is That's so... Okay, so when this when I saw this thing, $8,500 toilet. sexy looking toilet. I was like, okay, this is where the game changes. Because I thought that a smart toilet would analyze your fecal matter <laughs> and tell you exactly what you're lacking in your diet or what you've been doing too do much. Do we not or, have that yet? Is that not a thing? Eric, there's no way this isn't a bidet. For eighty five hundred dollars, maybe the video just doesn't show it. So this is the only this has to also. This is the only video that I've seen of it, but it didn't show any features outside of the lid closing and opening automatically, hmm. and having ambient lighting on the side. Is this on your exit list? What does that mean? Oh, like when I when I uh, yeah, you hit your number. You're post like, economics. Yeah, yeah, post economics. No, I want the fecal analyzation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you mm. joke, but that would be really interesting. That's what I think a smart toilet is. Like, that's that's actually smart toilet. It sends all the data to your doctor? Right. Yeah, you yeah. just take a poo, and it's like, Eric, you have testicular cancer. <laughs> okay, don't joke about Yikes. that, buddy. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Too soon? Just thought I had not enough iron in my diet. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing funny about ball cancer. Okay. All right, so we're not buying the $8,500 toilet. No, no. Um, oh, this one's cool. VR projector technology. This is pretty cool. That looks pretty sick. How much of like what's at CES does eventually like? That's a good question. I actually think it's a pretty low percentage of like CES items that actually make it to like mainstream. Is it a place to like consumer tech test reactions? I think for so. large companies in general. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the same for like car shows. You have these like yeah uh, that never make the it cars that are cool. So looking. is this an entertainment conference? Kind of, kind of, and it is entertaining. Okay. You walk around and you're kind of like bewildered by a lot of things so what's the purpose is it just like every company has an r&d department and like is it kind of like google's 20 percent rule or yeah. like you know 3m with their accidental technology breakthroughs let's just show this and see if people like it actually 3m had a dope one did you see the um the replacement for bubble wrap no but this sounds awesome oh yeah well 3m is an incredible manufacturing company that was my first job out of college and we would go to like trade shows and events and get like behind the scenes and stuff in st paul and it's wild actually what some of the stuff that 3m has come up with but it was bubble wrap that's like 10 times more efficient i thought they just made scotch tape so it's paper <laughs> so it's paper but when then you open it's paper with like it's it's shaped in a certain way cut up in a certain way when you spread the paper out it becomes origami wow and the concept of origami and the and the strength of the paper provides enough uh, support to protect like a glass, like a wine glass. Damn. So you get like efficiency, no plastic, all that stuff. No, 3M is one of those companies that like... I think it was at CES. Everybody uses 3M products without knowing it, really. Yeah, it's integrated in everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, unfortunately, the very first use case for this technology is definitely going to be porn. Oh, for this projector? I was thinking I would watch like a basketball game with like a 3D... Uh, rendering of like a the full court on my table that'd be cool mm. would be as cool that, that's gonna be the coolest thing about the vision pro is the courtside seats oh yeah i thought you were gonna say the the porn, porn. <laughs> yeah. get your head out of the gutter man no you did that god you did that 
Dude, this one was so silly. The groundbreaking tooth. This this toothbrush, it's like looks like a mouth guard and it just auto brushes all your teeth. It brushes your teeth in ten seconds. This shit's been around for not like ten that. years. I don't believe it. Yeah, it's not doing that good of a I job. I guarantee you that Nick knows thirty people selling this right I now. I guarantee you it doesn't work. A ten second brushing? That's not enough. There's no. no way that works well. There's no way. No way. Pass. Pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Uh air taxi. Just another Looks hel- like a plane. Another helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a different use case for a helicopter. Hyundai. I do uh I do know a guy who invested in like electric like an electric plane company and they kind of build stuff like that. It looks pretty I sick. love the idea of like super safe helicopter travel though. Like personal aircraft. I love like I'm not getting a jet. I'm getting a super safe, dope helicopter like that. There's no way a helicopter is going to be safer than a jet. I'm just saying that yeah, I'd like that. If it was safe. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of swore off helicopters after Kobe. Like I just made a personal yeah. uh, agreement that yeah, I was there like, are a lot I'm of done. People that, um, it's definitely more dangerous than a plane. Yeah. Still less dangerous than getting in a car. I'm not a, I'm oh, not yeah. a helicopter fan myself. Uh, oh, we got a follow-up one, right? Oh yeah, it's like right, uh, this follow-up. Thread? I sent it on a different uh, on the notion. On the notion. Oh no, I got it. All right, where are the winners? I want some big. Okay, ones. wait. These were weird. The moonwalkers. These are just what are these like rollerblade? They're Pass. like roller skates that like roller skate for you, they make you walk like slightly faster. This is insane. Do you remember Heelys? Heelys was like a. a you sh- say this is insane, but I can see every single zoomer on the street wearing these things within like. Do you remember the shoe that months? had a wheel in the back and you, yeah, you Heelys, like? Right? If you went on your heels, you could just like glide for a while. Yeah. This is like an upgraded version of that. Oh, there was such a good meme going around with like the average Ethereum user versus the average oh, stuff user. like this. It was me so off. funny. It was just a guy doing like Heelys stunts. Who needs was- to get somewhere that fast? Like, what about like a walk in the park? What about, <laughs> what about like a, the point of the walk in the park is that you're taking a leisurely stroll. Like who needs to what run? What about when you're walking through that part of town? There's like way too many homeless people. Do you want to like lead? Like a, I mean, if you want to commute, stroll. If this is a commute walking device, then I can kind of get a more that. efficient way to go. I don't believe it's in like, maximum efficiency. No, it's like walking times. in the airport on the thing that goes a little bit faster. That never little, do it. That little escalator. Couldn't catch me dead on that. Oh, uh, I always you, use it. Never do it. Do you miss the yellow pages? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I Wait, do. hold on. You never that go. Nice. You never yeah. go on the horizontal escalator yeah and the white pages how wild is that that you used to be able to just look up some girl in the and just call her and have her dad pick up yeah dude it was great i had my own i had my own line and you had like paid my own land listed is samantha home who is this (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i don't get on that thing dude i look at those plebs and i'm like you guys are missing out it's because you got the people that i'm using my legs they stand on there and they jam it up right yeah yeah those people oh they kill it they kill it yeah. Um, Steven, pull up the, I don't know if there's any more in here, but I want to pull. Oh yeah. There are more in here. The people that get on that thing, those people are going to the bad place. No, but I'm walking. Don't move. I'm no, walking I know you're them. walking. I know you're walking. Right, yeah. This hologram but the people that trippy. don't walk on it are going to the bad place. Hollow cadets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or the escalator, dude, oh, getting on the escalator dude. and not moving. Stand to the right. You're going to the bad place. Just stand to the right. You're going to the bad place. Okay, we're At back. At least stand on the road. We're back on the Twitter here. We got a hologram, like a 3D, Dude. like photorealistic rendering. This is pretty cool. I mean, oh, that's man. amazing. If I could have a just photorealistic holographic Armand with me at all times, just 
whatever he's doing, <laughs> like I just see. What are you doing, Armand? <laughs> just live stream in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stream. That'd be That's nice. That's the world I want to live in. Another transparent TV. Apparently the future, we our TVs are just in the middle of rooms. And they fold. And they fold. Yeah. All right. See, uh, so I'll, I, I, I'll see it in person next year. You guys want to go? Alfalfa meetup? I'll go if I get a free ticket again. We should definitely go. It's like go. two, three hundred bucks. Well, I got a free one last time. No, no, no. Well, if you can get us all free ones, sure. But it's, okay. like, it's like an easy ticket. I want Steven to go to the the other tab that has the one that I shared separately in the Notion. Oh, you still want more? Wait, which one? The last one. This is my vote for best. Okay, so okay. Let's see it. the best one. I have to find it. It's the exoskeleton, dude. What I, what I oh. want to say is I think this would be fun to exoskeleton. attend. Exoskeleton. I can't watch this on Twitter. Wait, I want up. the real thing. Hold up. There it I is. I want to go shopping. Where? Down, down. This? That one. This thing. AI-powered exoskeleton okay so this right, thing now we're talking this thing you attach it to your body and then it has like leg attachments it has a one horsepower electric motor inside of it that can just move your legs for you and run at a 12 mile per hour speed like this to me seems like the type of groundbreaking tech that will like that will be sort of everywhere eventually i'm imagining like all the soldiers, all the police officers, they all wear this thing. This is like RoboCop right now. That sounds terrifying. But like you, you're just enhanced. Like you, you're still you, but you have this exoskeleton thing that allows you Damn. to do faster and stronger. Wow. This is cool. This is my vote. I can't wait to show up on the pickleball. Go, go, Gadget. Dude, I was wondering. Like, <laughs> go, go, Gadget. Like imagine like... In the NBA or something, you got like guys that are doing this, like jumping out of the gym. 700 miles an hour, (laughs) (laughs) the ball explodes when I hit it. Yeah, right. Like you're going to have to. I'm going to kill grandma. Yeah, you're going to have to outlaw these things in like sport. We're all cyborgs. No, I love this. This is my vote. Okay, Okay. we're all, yeah, we're all going to be cyborgs pretty soon. God damn. Can you imagine Steven playing pickleball with that? I can. Still mediocre. Yeah. I would be mad at that oh, if it weren't dude. so obviously a troll. Oh, man. Oh. So obviously a troll. Um, oh. What are we going to do next? Oh, yeah. We got some uh, moving on to the. We got some hot takes. Hot takes. Oh, this, wow. is, this is a segment? I want to get your takes on some takes. It's you kind of a new segment here. I heard you like some takes. Yeah, hot takes. Take so I got some. I love meta takes. Anything meta. Okay. Yeah, let's First get some take. hot takes. By Hayden Adams. Hayden okay. Adams, who's this? All I want is a large real-world company with millions of users to YOLO a token with a massive airdrop. Like if Costco airdropped a token based on a combination of your time as a member and amount spent on the store, someone will be a first mover and it will change the world. If Costco dropped a token, okay. that would be unbelievable. So yeah, like the reason why I wanted to talk about this because like I had this epiphany when the BTC ETF was approved, I had this realization that everything in the future is going to be tokenized. But then I saw this tweet and I was like, holy shit, like somebody has to do it. Somebody actually has to be the first is, mover. There, there was somebody that did it, Adidas, but they did it as an NFT and a collab. And I think this token representative of your like purchasing and your time or something, some combination of things that have to do with your activity with the brand and the retailer as a token makes way more sense. And And people can feel the tangible value of that much more immediately. And I think like Adidas did prove that it can be huge. It was, it was huge. 
Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I agree with this. Let's play this out. So if, if Costco were to drop a token, the market cap of the token would be like over a billion dollars for sure. Like, oh, yeah. It would be nuts. So like, fast. And people would definitely trade it, right? Yeah. Which means that there would be thousands of people throughout the world who just suddenly had all this money. And they'd be like, oh, my God. And they would sell it and get a bunch of money. It, it would it would be it would be nuts. It would be the be the craziest thing that ever happened to the space. Honestly, this exact way this one is positioned too, like combination of your time as a member and the amount of money you spend at the store is so good. Like it's people perfect. would love you that. You would see so many feel good stories. There'd be like some woman on the news be like, yeah. This store saved Changed me. My I used life. to shop yeah. chain now I'm yeah. a millionaire. It's a bunch of women who are just like millionaires now because they had to shop at So Costco can I ask so you guys like what is what do, what do we need to see happen for that to become a reality? Is that is that just purely regulatory? Like, if we get clarity on what is a security and if if they can register with with like transparency, is that what we? Are? Probably, yeah. Well, they're they're going through the the litigation right now with Coinbase, right? You, I'm sure you're following along yeah. with that. Coinbase against yeah. the SEC is happening right now. Yeah. Big day in court today. Big day in court today. The judge was not having the bullshit. Yeah, SEC's full oh, of shit. Heard about that. So like, I feel like that that is another incremental step towards this future, perhaps. Yeah, it, I have it, no idea. It's gonna be just like a waterfall. Like it's gonna be nothing, and then like the second, like a Disney drops a token, it's all over. Then like within six months, every single large brand that exists drops token dude <laughs> i often complain dude, about so crypto and i still will um but it's stuff like this that is the reward for being an early adopter like the sooner like no matter what i say i always still tell people to play the game and i say like you'll probably lose everything like there are so many reasons you could wake up tomorrow and just you had the wrong you you messed with the wrong contract with the wrong with 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 one of your wallets and you just you just completely like gone it's evaporated yeah. or you bought an NFT from the wrong website or you clicked a link in an email I could never train and I am susceptible to that like anybody can get hurt by crypto anybody fucking um what's his name the founder of the um anyway uh so many people what's uh, who's the who's the founder of um Kevin Rose, Moonbirds? Kevin Rose, uh, right? What you're thinking. Like, like even Kevin Rose um, can get hurt, but that ability to understand how to actually like be a mover and uh, participate means that hopefully during like the entire span of like crypto and your participation in it, you end up like in a positive position because of the number of serendipitous things that might occur like a massive airdrop. Well, I think you're right. Like you got to focus on, you got to pay some attention to the risks and everything. But I like, if I think about this from a first principle standpoint, this is just like loyalty rewards points mm -hmm. that are just tradable across all asset classes, which is like way better than non-tradable rewards points. It so, is, but they're also worth real money. Um, right. And they should be. Yeah. Why, yeah, why? It's much better this like, way. Yeah, why shouldn't it's they much be? Much better this way. And people are, yeah. are trading them on a secondary market even today just at a fucking discount that they're swallowing because the secondary market sucks. But if mm -hmm. you can build crypto into it, it's just better for users.
and for the loyalty rewards issuers, probably. Yeah. It's such a paradox. Crypto is an ultimate paradox. Anyway, yeah. that's that's. it was just kind of a funny thing I wanted to look at. Sorry for getting no. so serious. I'm the show I think it's a good on, topic. So. And I think it's yeah. uh, fun to pontificate on a world where every brand has like NFTs and a token. Yeah. Good. Good I think we do. I think we do get there. Yeah. Somebody uh, just has to figure out how to do it in a way that doesn't uh, burn all of your all of your customers, right? That's the. And it's cool that it's coming from Hayden Adams too, like somebody who a is like a person, like with legitimacy, and has done an airdrop. Yeah, I also just want to close what I said by saying um, I think about that all the time, and it was yesterday I saw shout out to RSA from Bankless Ryan Sean Adams who had a long tweet about exactly what I'm talking about. So read his tweet to get a better sense of what I'm talking about because he's obviously a lot better at explaining these things. Armand, what do you, what do you think about Hayden's uh, uh, biography tagline? What is it? Inventor of the Uniswap protocol. What do you feel about the word inventor there? I like it. You like it? Yeah. Are you the inventor of Steno AI? It's different. I feel like what he's doing deserves that word. <laughs> but yeah, you could argue that. What's the equation? Actually, what's why, the equation he came up? Y equals kx. But like, was, was he it? like the first? I, I thought somebody just postulated. I, think, I thought like, I think inventor is like nice. Metallic like postulated it in like a blog post or something. And I think if you it. like invented the idea of a decentralized exchange, exchange, you deserve to maybe. Yeah, be like, like I don't inventor. think he invented the idea of a dex. Then I think he's he just founder. executed the best first then one, which founder. is an incredible accomplishment. I think he's a founder, not an maybe inventor. I'm being, am I uh, being pedantic? I I redact. Think I'm being pedantic. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It happens. All right. You want to dive, in, wanna yeah, dive into this got? quote? This one's your guys's. Yeah. I just wanted to you get you. You want me your, to read it? It's a bit, sure. of, a, it's a bit of a left turn. All I poured, right. it, I Wayne, poured a drink on this one. Wayne Burkett. Actually, it's Wanye. Excuse me, not Wayne. Wanye. Wanye Burkett on Wanye Twitter's. says, maybe the most important thing you learn by attending public school is that we are all at the mercy of the bottom quintile. The rules you follow in life will be based on the behavior of the bottom quintile, the taxes you pay are to support the bottom quintile, the greatest risks to your life and property will come from these people, and the dearth of comfortable public spaces is because you have to allow the bottom quintile to be there. Our zoning laws are developed for fear of the bottom quintile. It's probably best to accept, to learn and accept this early. Spicy. What do you guys think about that? Well Spicy. read. Thank you. I, I'm just here to read. <laughs> <laughs> Steven, you want to lead us off? I want an Armand's take? take. I want I don't, to read no, it. No, I'm the reader. The reader can't Yeah, it's popcorn respond. to Steven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, the, I mean, you obviously feel things when you read this. The take is, you, it's probably correct, right? I think it's directionally it's, correct. It's correct. It's especially correct in like free liberal Western societies because I think we've made a trade-off in our society to basically make concessions to the to the bottom quintile in the name of, you know, having like sort of like a free and open society. This probably doesn't like apply if you're in like Singapore, right? Because you could just uh, via authoritarian force just extract the bottom quintile from your society. But but they're not doing that. Well, wait Create a like a bit of a dystopia, what do you right? mean by extract them? Because they, they're there. It's just really it's high true. up. It's true. You will always have, that's a good point. You'll always, you'll just you be know, left with the really new bottom. really high up. Yeah. I mean, you've heard how incredible life is in Singapore, right? Like, everyone is doing great. And everyone. Like Norway and stuff. In the, in the bubble. Specifically, like, in the I bubble know about. where they've, like, 
isolated you from the bottom quintile, right? I, I mean, all of Singapore, as far as I understand it from Singaporeans, is like everyone's doing good. That's the beauty of it. Like everyone can go to a good school. Everyone makes enough money. Everyone is doing good. Like that's what they've done is they've raised the bottom up so high is my understanding. I mean, it's an interesting question, right? Like if 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 you wanted to and the law allowed it, you could just roll through downtown San Diego. You could pick up everybody's tent. You could round everybody up and throw them in a car and just drive them off to the middle of nowhere, right? And then at the end of it, you'd be like, look at this great society we have. We've eliminated homelessness and all the crime is gone because we basically just, even anybody who was like, we thought they might be a criminal. We don't want to bother with a trial. That's just too cumbersome. It's best for, it's still better for society as a whole if we just round them all up and just take them away. Mm -hmm. And then you'd be left with a situation where you're like, wow, look at this amazing society. But then you'd have the, but at what cost type yeah, question. Imagine right? if you were like at the 19th percentile or the 20th, right at the cusp, and you got fucking sent off with the, with like the bottom one percent, you'd be mm-hmm. like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm cool. <laughs> so yeah. is, the, is the argument that by attending public school you get direct exposure to this reality? I, maybe I, I'm kind of like bypassing the public school thing. Yeah, I think the public school thing isn't that. that inter- I think the main unlock of this is the idea that like that that exists. And yeah, like it's all of the like a lot of the checks and balances you have imposed upon you in life are as a result of this you know, the group of people that is sort of not because the average person, even like the bulk of the average, they want to be good. They're intelligent. They want to live a good life. They're not bad people. Right. But then you in a society, you have these outliers. Maybe they're outliers and that they're they're particularly evil. Maybe mm-hmm. they're particularly stupid or in need of help, you know, but they're they're far from the mean. And then, you know, we 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 build a society that either bends over backwards to take care of those people or maybe you do something akin to singapore when it comes to say like crime and homelessness for one i don't don't know singapore you know very very well so i don't want to comment on it so much other than i know that like they are fairly draconian with certain things like there's a reason i think why the society is so clean and there is so little crime oh they definitely are you know i don't know i look at this a couple things stand out i'm like well this is just the other side of the coin of like, we're also at the mercy of the rich. You know, it's like, sure. How so? Um, well, we are. Like, that's the main thing that everyone always talks about. Like, especially younger people, they just believe that the world is run. Wait, do you feel that's true or do you just think that's what people believe? Oh, that's a different question. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can see how the way I said that would make you think that I also, yeah. I, I think that both are both of those are true. I don't believe it the way that most people believe it. The way I believe that we're at the mercy of the rich is that the rich are in positions that allow them to not like this full dictation of like reality, but we're at the mercy of them through the same like if you just flip the entire statement, like do they have a say about like public spaces? Do they have a say about like zoning laws? Of course they do. Their tax dollars are very important their vote is very important like the opposite is also true i just think like that's reality you have to face what is true for the bottom rung and the top rung of society and as far as the bottom rung goes specifically 
I think there's like a general empathy that's necessary as a citizen of any country to realize like that's just part of life. Like I wouldn't be able to go to work and exist if it weren't for everybody. Like society doesn't exist without everybody functioning and having a say and having a roof over their head. Like we have way too large of a percentage of people in the United States, in California, zooming into San Francisco, LA, San Diego, that are homeless, that's kind of an outlier problem. But if you just look, because that's like below the rung, that's like completely, those people aren't voting. Like right. those people aren't even in this quintile. Like that's a different problem. So I don't want to like bring that into the problem. But if you look at just the bottom quintile, um, society doesn't operate without them being okay. So for me, all of it's okay. Is that true that society doesn't operate without them? I think so, but I actually had the same point that Armand made, which is like, um, I think like pure capitalism, right? If if you just allow that, I don't know if Singapore does that, but if you do that, you get you get like uh, people that that get left behind in a in a way more dramatic way than what we're used to, and like I don't think we want to live in a society where like people are literally like dying, like dying on the street, like you like that gets worse for everyone because also then they have to find ways to survive, which might be unpalatable to people who, and it might come at your risk, right? Like you might be in the top quintile and they kill you or something like we don't want that to happen. So, so I think, you know, I didn't go to public school. I went to private school. Um, and I'm reminded of something from private school. This might not be applicable, but like, I just want to point out that like in private school, you also get these lessons. Like, so we went on a hike up Half Dome uh, when we were in eighth grade. And the guy who was leading the hike, he goes, hey, guys, just so you know, we're only as fast going up this hike as our slowest person because we can't leave anybody behind. Like, we can't have somebody dying on this mountain. And, like, that's the same principle, I think, as what we're talking about, where, like, you just can't have people getting left behind to the point where that's they're dying. I, I think that's a different principle. Just to add to that, like, when we did Kilimanjaro, whoever was, like, really feeling it that day would go to the front. Like you, we always like had the slowest person go to the front. So I think that's a reality. That's applicable. Like obviously in like the family unit, right? You don't leave family behind. It's also applicable in like maybe certain social groups where you've like all opted into like a particular ideology and cause and you're all trying in a, in a, like a Navy SEAL unit. Right. But it's not necessarily one-to-one that that is the case in, like, a society, especially where, like, people in society have sort of opted out of the society. And, you know, Mm -hmm. we are at a point now where there are people in California, right, who are like, wait, why are we bending over backwards to help these people who just, like, don't care? They have, like, actually opted out. They're not my family. So what do you do? It's a good nuance, though. I, I like it. I know, but like... I'm not saying I have the, the answer. I'm saying, like, there are areas of the world that have basically decided, like, the answer is, like, in the old days, the answer was basically, like, your family takes care of you, or you get left out on your own, and you either die or you end up in jail, right? Well, I'll never forget when that, I... That's what happened. I'll never forget when I learned, I think this was from Jordan Peterson, he had a classroom lecture where he was like, do you guys realize that... Um, so, for example, to join the, the military, um, there isn't there's an IQ requirement and that I think it was like eight, maybe 10 percent of society cannot do that, cannot get in. And I'm not feels, saying it feels low. Right. So <laughs> the point the point being like 
the point, the reason that he made the army statement was obviously there are high IQ people in the military. That wasn't to say it's that. It's to say there are a series of jobs that are uh, commensurate to your IQ that a person can get in life. And, you know, it starts all the way from like, you know, janitorial services all the way up to like Nobel Prize winning physicist, right? And that is correlated to some degree to your IQ and your ability to get that job. But there is a rung of society that is unable to get any job. And the job that has the most open door policy to being able to like let someone in is the military. And yet there is a cutoff that allow, that causes 10% of society to not be able to participate. Mm. So we don't have a solution for 10% of society. So if that is what this tweet is referring to, then I really don't know. But if it's referring to the rung that's like operating in society and able to participate in society, then that was what my statement was more in direction toward. Yeah. But that that blew me away when I learned. I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of people. That's an interesting thought exercise to like look at the most accepting of institutions and say right. that like even in this, the most open of them, 10% of society is going to be left behind by this. And mm -hmm. what do you do with them? What do you do? Well, like throughout the entirety of human history, well, maybe not the entirety of human history, but the bulk of like recent human history, they were taken care of like by like, the church and by family. And if you didn't have those two things, you were definitely out of luck. Right. Yeah. And then we introduced the state into the picture and it's an interesting problem because either way, like you, you have like two options, right? You sort of say like, okay, the state has to be a fallback to take care of this segment of society or you leverage the state to basically like just extract that portion of society from society. Mm -hmm. Right. Both of these things are sort of undesirable. In like one sense, you're saying like you're kind of giving somebody like like a disturbing amount of power, right? There's some collective group or person who is like, you're below the line. You're gone. Yeah. Like we don't. You are a you are a negative for society, and now you're out of society. Either you end up in jail, or I don't know. You you starve somewhere. Like I I, I don't know. That's bad. Mm -hmm. But the other end is also bad, too, when you're just like, we have to take care of everybody and you just start creating all of these like bureaucracy. Right. And then you create this like infrastructure that is just a bunch of like self-interested individuals or institutions that just sort of like go on existing to exist. And then they don't even solve the problem in the first place. And that, well, like that's totally agree. With that's you not there. good either. That's terrible. Like it, like like healthcare is a good example of this. Like on one end, people just die because they can't get health care. And that sounds bad. But when you go to the other end, you end up having like, you know, they remember like the death panels, which is, you know, maybe extreme branding. But like if you have like rationing of health, you end up having a group of government officials or some bureaucracy saying you can't get that health care. Which is also bad, like both of these extremes are kind of bad at the extreme. It doesn't seem like an easy, easy problem to solve right yeah hookham makes it a little easier he says just jettison everybody who wears clothes in the sauna <laughs> <laughs> couldn't agree more <laughs> oh man oh uh, that's a good one i'm gonna argument. wrap that on that one that a um, argument. oh all right last spicy take here uh this is from matt von swole is that his real name Sounds like this is Rectum's 
alter ego account. Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. Is, this is alt. <laughs> Edmund von Swole. Wow. I just I just gave you a new nickname. Uh, super hot take. The normalization of therapy is becoming a bad thing for society. I'm seeing more and more people use the fact that they are in therapy as a get-out-of-jail-free card for awful behavior, believe everything their therapist says as gospel truth with no further research required, equate the act of going to therapy with the actions of being a good person. I'm not saying therapy is bad for everyone, but I'm seeing a trend of less personal responsibility for bad behavior and a lot more talk about therapy as the only solution. Hot take. Thoughts. Super hot thoughts, take. Bearded one. He was right. That is a super hot take. Armand, I know you want to go first. Uh, I don't think I want to go first. You said you wanted to go first. No. We put this in the pre-roll, and you were like, ooh. Ooh, I have some thoughts okay, on that. So Didn't say I want to maybe go first. I, I can said, te- I wanna, said I want to dig maybe in. Maybe I'll tee you up. I want to dig in. Team okay, up, baby. so I've never been to therapy, but I've seen the exact same. Like, this is something that resonates with me. As somebody who never goes to therapy, but seeing everybody who does with all these fucking problems, I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, I agree. And also, mostly I agree with the point that that last sentence where he says that, like, you take the personal responsibility and accountability away and you give that agency to this third party only. It's like, yeah, well, my therapist, you know, that's it. And that's the part that I think I completely agree with. Did that tee you up for anything? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot here, right? Like, first of all, more people going to therapy is by far a net positive. What he is doing is trying to give a hot take. And actually, of his three points, all of them are correct. Like, everything he's saying is correct. The only one that's a little weird is like, I've never met someone who goes to therapy with the intention of trying to illustrate to people that they are a good person. I'm not aware of that meme, but the going to therapy as a get out of jail free card for, for awful behavior. Totally seen that. Oh yeah. Um, Totally seen victim culture. Oh yeah. That is just generally sort of like intertwined with therapy lately. Mm. Totally seen the mainstream commercialization of therapy and I do see number two, which is they believe everything the therapy sa- their therapist says is gospel truth with no further research required. That's one of those counteractive sort of like unfortunate things that occurs with society that is like starting to embrace therapy and believing that this is the expert. And so um, like this is this is what my therapist said this week. I got to break up with my boyfriend. And then they do that, which is crazy because your therapist is not supposed to tell you to break up with your boyfriend. Your therapist is supposed to ask you questions. So one of the other unfortunate things that comes with the mainstreamization of therapy is that there are more bad... First of all, there's a huge shortage of therapists and there's a lot of bad therapists out there, but there's a lot of incredible therapists out there. So this is one of those things that's like, man, super hot take, super true through that lens. Yeah. But if I wanted to take the real conversation and the real discussion of like therapy and is it good or bad? No, it's good. It's incredibly positive yeah. for society to continue moving in that direction. I just think the loud voice and the um, example that keeps surfacing is all the people that are using it in an obnoxious way. 
Like I can't. I'm. 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 I'm gonna make a lot of people feel bad probably with this kind of a comment. But like, the people that just like are doing this whole man. I don't even know if I can go there. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's being overused. Like a lot of people waking up that day and just like having a mental health day. Like I know is just becoming a little bit too. Yeah, it's it's not the too, therapy thing. This thing is like close. It's yeah. the mental health thing. Yeah, it's just becoming like a little bit too liberally used for moments that I, I don't think actually that's what therapy Can is I trying ask? to help you with. Can I ask? Because like, yeah. again, I've never been, but I appreciate both of your points or your opinions on this. Like on the one hand, I think we have this like victim culture, which you're alluding to. Yeah. Um, and then we have sort of this uh, um, therapy as a cop-out, which is different, I think. Um, What's therapy as a cop-out? So... I think what he, he calls it a get out of jail free card, oh, okay. uh, which is, it's sort of like the, uh, you remove your own agency to help yourself ever. I, I kind of feel like a lot of these people, and I, I mean, these people, like a lot of people just don't want to do the work, you know, like you can right. look at anything in life and where it's like getting fit or getting wealthy or whatever. It's like a lot of people aren't willing to do the work. And I feel like yeah. this, what maybe he, what he's touching on is like the therapy is a way to, um, just like absolve yourself from the work. Well, what it's doing is what, what, what some people are doing is they're being an asshole to people and they're saying, sorry, I have a thing. I have a thing. I'm going to therapy about I'm it. I'm going to therapy about, or they don't even say I'm going to therapy. I just like, sorry, I have a thing. I'm like, you know, I had some trauma in this area or like I'm doing plant medicine and, I recently exposed that I have work in this area, but like what they just did to you is like super fucked up and super deceitful and awful behavior. Like you couldn't get away with that before, but you can get away with that now because you just told me that you're going through this. I'm working like, on it. I'm yeah. working on it and this difficult thing, but like <laughs> I don't think those two cancel each other. If you're an asshole to somebody. Right. I don't actually think it's the work. You owe me. Like, yeah, I don't you think owe me an apology, like a real one. I don't think you're actually you, doing the work. The work is you be less of an asshole. Instead, Correct. you're just going to a therapist and that absolves Which actually you. is exactly what he says. Is that less personal responsibility for bad behavior. That's exactly what's happening is like, yeah, people are not taking responsibility. They're absolving themselves by saying like, man, I went to this therapy session. It brought up all the shit from my childhood and I'm just going to be kind of erratic. Yeah, I just acknowledge you know? that I'm an asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's just... Or this is what you're going to get. Yeah, like, this is what it's going to be. And yeah. I'm just going to have days where I can't operate. I can't work. I can't play. I can't do anything. And it's like, that is not what therapy is about. So therapy's going to get twisted into this thing. I mean, there are commercials on TV for this now. Again, I still think that's a positive. Right. More people are going to be okay going to therapy that like... I, I, I stopped doing um, sessions before tech started. I couldn't do anything during that time. But like, I hope to get back into it. But like, I hope to do therapy for the rest of my life. I think doing therapy is incredible. It's like I've talked outlet. about before on this podcast, like it's a, it's a normalization that I hope occurs like we have in Argentina that I've talked about where 80 plus percent of society has a therapist because they view it as like, I got someone for my knee when I have a knee problem. Or not even a problem. That's a bad example. It's like you've got someone for every part of your life. You've got your chiropractor. You also need to have your therapist. Like that's just something you do for not when you have a problem, but for, 
you know, Kyle Bogeman, my, my trainer just talks about like, um, sort of this idea of like hygiene, like physical hygiene. You do the sit-ups and the pull-ups and the squats every day for, for physiological hygiene. This is mental hygiene to go to a therapist is mental hygiene. It's uh, spiritual hygiene. It's extremely spiritual to go to certain types of therapists, like the type of therapist that I went to. A, a Jungian psychoanalyst is a very spiritual journey you go on with that person. And it should be as normal as brushing your teeth. Totally. Just like be. hygiene. Totally should be. But it's hard to disagree with this, you know, in general. Steven, you got any takes on this? Because I can also bring up that other point of like the victimhood culture. I mean, I was laughing when you guys were chatting because, and this is a true story, and I'm going to tell it because I doubt he listens to this podcast. But there's a guy I play pickleball with who's notorious for getting like really angry, like in the middle of it. Like he, nobody wants to play with him because he will just, you hit a bad shot, he starts tilting and just start hitting the ball over the fence. And like, there was like a point, like in one of the games, right at the end, he's like, just sorry, like, I have pickleball anger issues. I'm going to therapy about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And, but then it was just like, yeah, like I'm going to therapy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, instead, just don't be such a dick on a pickleball court. I know. I, like, I, I mostly agree with this tweet, and I think therapy is fine. But I think, or I think we've. This to me is like uh, it's like the DEI stuff now, where like there was a point where it was good for the society to sort of like acknowledge like racism and to do some stuff about it. But then, like, the pendulum swings so far That's that right. you're just like, we need, like, 20% of all United pilots to be, like, transgender midgets by the year. Like, I can't even say that word anymore. I'm so canceled. <laughs> yeah. We're done. We're done. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, Jimmy's not even here to cut that. <laughs> somebody bleep that. Uh, um, Jesus. Like, there's a point where it's just like, okay, like, I see the original intent of this but like now we're at a point where like this is not a good result and like i like i look at society and like everybody's like obsessed with mental health now and they think like there's like a complete abdication of personal responsibility in some people and it's just chill to be like yeah like i have mental health problems or oh i'm taking a mental health break or i'm just like it's the type of thing that you can only do in like a very like sort of late stage abundant society, right? Like if we were in the tribe 5,000 years ago and like a saber toothed tiger was on the perimeter, you couldn't be like, I'm just taking a mental uh, health break By the way, today, same thing you know? applies with like workplaces. You can only get away with this in a late stage growth company where you can say like, I need two weeks to go deal with so-and-so issue. Like if you're building a startup, uh, good luck. Okay, so good luck. This talks about my, my follow-on point, which is like this victimhood culture where Stephen, you and I have talked about this offline at dinner, um, where like it seems like every everybody in this like new generation, like life comes at them the same way it comes at everybody, right? Like life happens, and they take normal life to be like, oh my god, I I have like massive anxiety, I have depression, I have this. It's like, but what you're actually just experiencing is just like the vicissitudes, the ups and downs of normal life that everybody deals with, and everybody feels some level of anxiety or some level of depression or whatever. And they're taking this to this thing where it's like, no, this is like an, a, a me thing. Yeah, maybe, yes. ma maybe, that's, that's, maybe. That's correct. I, I think like there are plenty of situations where people are going through really seriously difficult stuff. Of course, of course there are, but like there were also but I think a you're, point now you're where like, people to... are just like any level of discomfort or hard thing I have to do that I experience in my life. If we're focused on that, then sure, 100%. 100%. Like it's, 
Like it's just very cool now. Like, like but it's, it's hard to parse this, right? Because there are people that literally are saying exactly what Eric just said in those exact same words, but their experience of it couldn't be more real. There are, but like, like literally every person under the age of like 22 now has like crippling anxiety. That's true too. Right? And at a certain point in time, it's just like, where, where do you just say, hey, life is hard sometimes like deal with it like at a certain point there, there's a certain point where you have to just deal with it or just do things that are kind of hard or uncomfortable well right? it's 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 a re- the whole thing is actually an irony see the thing about mental health that's fascinating is that the moment you open the door which is what most people are afraid of doing is going to a therapist for the first time and exploring their feelings when you open that door you're going to expose yourself to things that you did not know were there. 100%, if you do the work, you're going to find things, right? So then the question becomes like, what has been hiding that needs to get revealed? And what is there to gain from doing that work? And one of the ironic things is that the moment you open that door and the moment you begin to look for those things, you're going to find them. And the moment you find them and you put attention toward them, you're going to find more of them and more of them. And the moment that you begin to be conscious of the fact that you might even have anxiety and or depression, guess what you find? Anxiety and or depression. And I'm speaking to you from firsthand experience as someone who opened those doors, went down those doors and knew that like by embracing and looking for those things and what was there, you're going to go through episodes and phases where you're like, bringing it, introducing anxiety into your life in order to do the work. But I say this with, I know I missed the therapy episode you guys did. I say this as someone who's done it in the most, like the practitioner, the help that I had, the therapist that I had was incredible. Like the real deal, not a charlatan, the real deal and has been life-changing for me. So I've learned a lot about that to be able to comment about it. Well, when you, when you bring that up, Again, as somebody who hasn't gone through this work, but like when you bring up the fact that like you sort of like you introduce it in your life and then you kind of find it. If you invert that, can that also be true? Like if you if you bring in like gratitude into your life every day, then you kind of find that too. Right. And like, why aren't we pushing for that? Well, what we were pushing for before was just and it worked to a certain degree was ignoring the feelings yeah, right yeah, yeah. and so it only became you know i think i've said before it's like it only became legal for a man to discuss or acknowledge his emotions <laughs> it's only like 20 years ago that, that became uh, maybe like <laughs> yeah 2011 or something that <laughs> yeah. it became legal for a man to right. like discuss how he felt <laughs> yeah um i think we were early in the in that for you know in our tastemakers yeah yeah <laughs> but like yeah so i think where attention goes energy flows like whatever you put your attention to you're going to experience that, you know, your thoughts, create your feelings, create your behaviors. There is nothing more true in the universe than that basic idea of like your good thoughts, create good words, create good deeds, which is a tenet of Zoroastrianism, which is something that I believe. Damn, like, that, and I, I thought that was Tony Robbins. <laughs> <laughs> no, did Tony swipe that one? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was from much earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's about first religion ever Yeah, first religion ever <laughs> but it's real right like to your point like where you put your attention you're gonna get more of that that's that's a simple formula damn we just solved so. it cool <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about what tom nom said 
What did he say? He said, basic therapy is kind of a symptom of the breakdown of the IRL social network we previously depended on. Mm. Pretty good take. Yeah, there has been a breakdown of our of our social constructs, right? Like you mentioned that previously in the in the previous conversation, like the the lower quintiles would be supported by the family and the church, mm-hmm. and both of those have kind of broken down to a degree. Yeah, I mean, even without the church too, like in the family, like when you we lived in more tightly knit communities, communities. like you were still like a part of the community, but like when we moved to cities, like you became more of a faceless blob and then on the in the digital world like on the internet you are absolutely just a, just a collection of ones and zeros and you you really yeah. kind of disappear like I your humanity in a way most of the popularity and the rise of of mental health or the rise not not of mental health but just generally of like therapy has a lot to do with what we've discussed with the loneliness epidemic and this mostly applies to the younger generation um of course it applies to every generation, but I think as you said, like, you know, seven minutes ago, there's like a huge percentage of people under the age of 18 that are going through mental health issues. So yeah, they're going to need something. Um, and I think a lot of them are experiencing these issues in a real way, but they're also the victim of victim culture. Like imagine that it's wild. Like you can be the victim of victim culture. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Seriously, <laughs> you don't even know it. I agree. You don't even know it, but I you agree. are the victim. Like that's why it's so hard. If you've to communicate. been a victim of victim culture, call you, you, that's 1-800. why it's so hard to communicate to people that you're actually just the victim of victim culture. You're the victim of the cult of this, right? Because like, that's all that's happening. Well, everybody's that's all a, that's happening. Everybody's like a product of their environment. If the environment is victimhood culture, then of course you're going to be sort of playing into that. But on an individual you can't, basis. No, it's like right over your head because how could you see that? How could you see that? You like that, Austin? I'm just trying. Just had like so many snooty comments. <laughs> say them. Say. say them. Luckily, you have a podcast. I was like, <laughs> you know, the real irony of victim culture, man. It just makes people victims. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. All right. Well, unless you guys have anything uh, deep you'd like to add, we are just over the two-hour mark. That's so okay. That's a good, that's a good mark. That's a good, good mark. point to wrap it. I was surprised it was that late. Actually, I was yeah, like, I oh, we this is gonna be a nice like one-hour podcast. No, yeah. I like when we just kind of flow like this. You know, just kind of like meander and yeah. flow. That felt yeah. good. And then went deep into a couple things yeah, towards the end. I liked it. I would love jazz. people's feedback. <laughs> Stephen likes to play jazz. <laughs> he Steven calls it jazz. jazz. <laughs> uh, I, I'd love to get people a little behind the scenes actually so like the last episode remember when i showed up and i was like guys i'm just not feeling this topic like can we talk about this topic and he was like yes armand yes like give it to me like just jazz baby jazz say that. this is what i want Don't clip that. do not <laughs> this clip is that. what i like baby do just not, show up and jazz do not clip that and uh that's what steven likes he loves the jazz hands man no we love you guys we'd love your feedback on the pod um always growing always evolving always iterating always getting better and having more fun. That's Hell what yeah. I always say to people is we're having a blast. That's our Thank tagline. Thank you for being here. Tagline. Yeah, we're having a blast. Thank you for being here. We love you guys. Love you long time. Alfafapod.com for all the things. Alfafapod.com. And uh, we'll see you next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you have not joined us live, we'd love to see you on YouTube. Pop a comment. Let us know you're there. And uh, 
We'll see you next week. Oh, don't forget about our irresponsibly long tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow to we will be talking about going long. Yes, in a not responsible. I don't way. know if we <laughs> properly announce this, or maybe I, it needs to come from me since you guys are in it. But I'll wrap with that. Is just like if you don't know, we have this other podcast hosted by Eric and Stephen, where they actually go into the the deep degen de- aspects of value investing and trading and taking two different views of uh of uh being irresponsibly long yeah and, if you're uh, not going deep into the money satisfied yeah with the financial we, we do crypto and money more. light in alfalfa if you want crypto and money you know heavy check out irresponsibly yeah, long. thank you for the shout out thank you for the shout yeah. out uh subscribe to us on youtube i think yep. we're uh, youtube.com backslash irresponsibly long pod yep nailed it cool we gotta get one of those uh link tree things i'm getting tired of saying that yeah yeah Yeah, i'll put that on my list awesome a lot of stuff to do anyway thanks everybody you've been wonderful we will see you all here next week bye-bye later everyone